0: Park podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie McGowan, and I am so excited to announce my very first guest of all time, Dr. Divi. Dr. Divi is an intuitive coach and MD, and she's based here in Vancouver. We will interview Dr. Divi and talk about her latest book that she's just published with co-author Lynette Brown called You Don't Look Psychic welcome and thank you for joining me today on my first um flamingo park podcast i'm very pleased to have you here thank you for having me and um i think i just sort of want to start out by you know learning a little bit about uh you obviously but you know how did you i guess to start how did you go from being uh you know a doctor to 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 doing this like what what did that look like for
1: you? So it's been a gradual transition, Kenzie. It's not been overnight. So I graduated really young at 25, med school, and within the first few years, I'll try to make the last 25 years short. Um, it's been a it, the last the last two years after I graduated, I got quite sick, and um, with things from chronic pain to allergies to depression, anxiety, all kinds of um, illnesses that there wasn't a quick fix for. So what ended up happening was. How I got better was a journey into yoga and meditation. And then uh, being really type A, I ran away. What I was really looking for was why was the yoga helping? If That question was. and But the thing is, when I didn't practice yoga, my pain would come back. So I ran away and I started to run a yoga studio, typical type A. And um, I did that for about a decade and taught yoga and practiced yoga full time. About a decade in my life, and that was in my 30s. And then, as I was running, as, as I was ending the yoga running yoga studios world, um, this is back about 12 15 years ago now, I was coming to the end of that. My, I started to notice my intuition was really climbing. And my it was around the time I was pregnant with my son, he's now 15, he's now almost 16, so this is now 16 17 years ago. My intuition was climbing, and that's when I started doing some intuitive training. And I didn't even know what intuitive training was, I just started taking some local courses which led to other courses and other courses and I started to realize that there was a direct connection between my emotions and my pain and then that led me into this work and so I had done about three intuitive courses and because I was curious right my intuition climbed from teaching yoga and then I was leaving the yoga world and I wasn't like looking for the next career move because it wasn't a career move it was more just part of my healing journey move Mm -hmm. so I wasn't practicing yoga every day anymore and I didn't want to I don't like pain. So I was trying to make that connection. The connection came through intuitions, understanding emotions, understanding energy. Then I was able to answer the questions to why I got sick 25 years ago.
0: Interesting. So, yeah. 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 And, and so I, that actually makes me wonder, did, did you see a natural path or anything in, in that period where you were sick that, that helped with, with that healing process? Or was that a self-discovery on your own with the
1: yoga and the
0: meditation.
1: Pretty self discovery, 25 years ago, naturopaths existed, but no one saw them. Like, and I don't mean that in a rude way. It was just back then and who I was then. I'll own that, you know? Um, They were still on the outskirts. I was a young doctor. They were still on the outskirts. And I mean, that's really changed in the last Mm two decades. Mm -hmm. So no, I didn't didn't do naturopathic work. So yeah, I did more like massage, some acupuncture, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then ended up in yoga, which then led me to where I went, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a huge advocate of of yoga um, and daily practice. You know, I think that if everybody did yoga, the yeah. world would be a very different place.
1: Totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It really would be. So it's it's nice to hear uh, you talk about it because I I have you know I have a. Um, big heart for it and and everything that that it does for the body and the mind and the soul you know um with that being said body mind and soul um so so has has that has that really shifted what you do um into that whole area like you just sort of that's it for you you know you know you're going
1: completely different direction in terms of what you're doing with your career then yeah. So again, we're talking years and years ago. Um, I did the intuitive trainings strictly for myself. Then I started working with an intuitive coach because I was transitioning out of the yoga world and trying to figure out what was next for me. Mm-hmm. And she had known I had done these trainings and she was encouraging me to do some readings. And so I was like, and that was curious because in some of the trainings I had done, I had met people with physical symptoms that using my intuition, I was able to help. And I was like, you know, nothing major. they come in like they'd see, like we'd be in this large group of people in these trainings and i'd always seem to gravitate towards people who had say back pain or constipation they'd want you know and then i would tell them what i was getting and then like two days later they'd say you know that thing you said to me it helped my back i'm like okay and because i as a physician i don't get locked up in the story of the pain right mm-hmm. it's like okay it's whatever you've got disc out i'm not worried about that my mind doesn't go there so i can pretty much clearly pull the reading in and so, um, so that was that was just like okay. I had that happened a number of times in some trainings I did. Then after I finished, I was re- I worked with this coach, and the coach happens to be the co-author of this book. Um, Lynette Brown became my coach, and then um, when I started working together, and she was encouraging me to do some intruder readings. I was like okay. So I started, and then that led essentially to what I do now. That's been over a decade ago that I started doing readings, and just literally just like okay. i'll do them sure (laughs) and then i never thought it would lead me to what i do now but i yeah now it's my full-time career so
0: and so can you expand on
1: that like can you give me an example of of what a reading would be like with you sure so it's interesting because i had a client just a couple hours ago um from switzerland who came to see me came to see me on zoom with um, scalp issues now i do a lot more than just health health is just one area of my business but since you asked that question in reference to the last one so she had some scalp issues And so I will, I'll close my eyes and I'll ask, okay, so what, what is the first things I say to these clients? And then I'll get a hit, like a, a download. And then I will say it to the client in the way of question or comment. Then the client speaks back and I go back up to my guides and I say, okay, what do I say next? And then it just goes like that. And now at the end, she started to realize her hair and scalp issues related to how she had given up the feminine energy of her life three decades ago, which is around when this health issue started. Nothing that she was going to die from, and she knows that. But a very irritating, annoying part issue in her life, and she actually realizes that she gave up on her feminine side and gave up on loving her partner that long ago. And so it was—it's like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So
0: that is so interesting, um, and and helpful. And it actually makes me want to book reading <laughs> with you. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but you know, I, I want to hear about, um, you refer to your guides and, um, can you, can you talk about what, what that means? Uh, some people might not know what that term means and, you know, can you expand a little bit on what you mean by guides?
1: So, if you're relatively new to this work, as was I, I didn't grow up in a Catholic, Christian type of family. I grew up in a Hindu family where we don't use those words. And um, it's more of a, a, a term that you don't have to use, but most people believe that there's something in the non-physical that's here to support us. And the word that sometimes uses guides or angels or energies, the other word, my more favorite word is your divine support team, mm. which is an expression to describe the constellations of energies that are here to help us. Whether we call them guides or angels, most people believe that there's something here to help and support us, which is where some people say they get their intuition from and their knowings from or they're, you know, got feeling from. It comes from somewhere. And my answer to somebody, especially who's relatively new to this, is the word guides is just a way to describe where that comes from. Now, you don't have to think of it like, there's a physical person talking to me here. You can think of it that way. You can think of it any way you want, but I prefer the word divine support team, but there's a whole group of energies, our ancestors, non-physical that here to help us, we're not here by ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you when you receive these downloads, uh, you know, what kind of form do they come in? Do they come in like just, just in, into your mind, like you would be thinking a thought and you would sort of picture something in your mind, is, is that sort of how it would be presented to you? Or is, it a, is it a feeling in your body, you know, how, how does your
1: guides present you information? So all of us are intuitive, and that's a lot of what the book is about, is teaching people how to do that. So we all have different what's called clairs, C-L-A-I-R. And there's actually a whole quiz in the book on teaching you what yours is. So clairs are the way we receive our information. So one of the most dominant clairs is sentience, which is the ability to feel. Hmm. So when you walk into a mall or you walk into a party, you can feel the energy in a party. I should be here. I should not be here. Go to that side of the room. Go to that So That's clear sentience. Claircognizance is a thought insertion, which is what you're, you're referring to. Do you get a thought? The other one is clairvoyance, which is to see like a dream, like you actually see a picture. And the last one is clairaudience, which is to hear. And they're all deeply described in the book, mm-hmm. deeply described, which they are. I My predominant three, so when I receive messages, I typically receive um, the feeling, the visual, and the thought, almost all simultaneously. Okay. And sometimes it's more the visual and the thought at the same time, but I usually get two clairs activated at the same time. And then, I, and then the job of intuitive is first off to receive it, to be in the receiving mode to receive it, then to interpret it and put it into words. And the more you do it, the more that interpretation gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it literally, and all of us are capable of us. All of us have it. It's a natural superpower we all have, but a lot of us have blocked it away. And so as we open up our clairs, we can be more attuned to it and more used in our daily life, even if you don't do what I do for work.
0: And I would think, just guessing that yoga and meditation, those two things would help to stimulate those clairs.
1: 100%. Meditation is by far one of the most important things to open up your clairs, Mm -hmm. because you have to slow down the human mind, which is why we typically tell people not to do readings on their friends or families, because your mind... Have a construct to it, right? A real. But when your mind is over here, then you can receive the messages a lot clearer for a stranger, somebody you don't know, somebody who's a client, much easier. So meditations is a huge part, and yoga, specific. And I don't practice Kundalini yoga, but yo, Kundalini yoga is an excellent one for opening the third eye. Or it's not. I don't practice just not because there's anything wrong. It's not a practice I take on very often. Yeah. Yeah. All yoga practices are excellent, um, and meditate. And you know, I always say both. Right. Yoga is the physical prep for meditation and meditation is a is a prep for intuition.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What other things do you think uh,
1: could, you know, help to to get our, our clairs going? Yeah. And like we do, we go through a bunch of things in the books, but listening to your emotions is the biggest one. What are you feeling? Getting connected to your body is a really important one for clear sensations. Not ignoring the back pain, the shoulder pain, the knee pain. What's it talking to you? It's a big one. Paying attention to the visuals that come your way in your dream state. Or if you just get a vision, what's it showing you? Your clear audience, a lot of people are really scared of what they hear, like hearing a voice. But me, clear audience shows up as I hop in the car and our song is on. That song is for me. I'm sitting at a cafe, which we don't do a lot right now, but I'm overhearing a conversation. That's clear audience. Right, but I walk into the room and that was on the TV. That's clear audience, right? Yeah. And clear cognizance to access your clear cognizance, you have to clear your thoughts. I always tell clients you've all had this experience. You're out for a run on the seawall, do 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 do, and out of nowhere comes pay your hydro bill, and you're like, oh, right, it's due today. <laughs> that's clear cognizance. Oh, but in order goodness. to receive that, you had to empty your mind, and that's why you were running, right? Yeah. So the more you can. Basically, get out of your own thoughts because our thoughts, you know, 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day, they're like this. And if you can observe them and step out of them, that's the key to intuition. Is to be the observer and find your center outside of that.